This meeting is being live streamed. Uh, even though if you're watching us That's on Facebook. The thing about the show. If you're watching us on Go Facebook, ahead. Dan Duran's a bit blurry. Do n- don't panic. I got to get a camera or something. My, I get maybe I scratched up my little tiny. You know, small cameras are really, you know, you can really screw them up by just scratching the screen. Very delicate. Very delicate. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so you guys are ready for this thing? What were you going to say, Fred? You were you by, we were no, talking on each other. There. No, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, we always, you know, launch the show and try and talk about issues and intelligent things. And Dan always tries to steer it towards Jesus and God. That's right. <laughs> it's a bit aggravating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Between Dan talking about Jesus and you talking about the weather. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm at wit's end. <laughs> I'm at me wit's end. Just before I went up to get coffee, he said, because we were talking about somebody, he goes, oh, there, but for the grace of God, go I. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That was for you. Um, Yeah, and it made me laugh. I larfed. And again, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lean on the weather again, but it's to the point now that if you want, like, a good stretch of weather as a, someone who lives in Ontario, you have to go somewhere else. You just do. Well, I get I get nervous because if I bring up the weather, I'm immediately shut down and uh, chastised by you. Like, oh, here we go talking about the weather again. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have carte blanche. But uh, I don't know if this happens to you guys. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, maybe this is relatable. But I'm going away in a couple of days to uh, New Brunswick, where I don't think I've ever been. I'm going to uh, St. John, New Brunswick. And, of course, in anticipation of going away... I'm now searching not only the weather here, but now I'm searching the weather there. And I have been for a few days now, nervously, because I'm going there to golf. And uh, my buddy who lives there, Grant, says, don't worry about it, because in, apparently in southern New Brunswick, the weather changes by the minute. So, But it's added, a, Dan, it's added a level of stress to my life. <laughs> like you needed that. Well, good. So where is, is, is it looking good? You didn't share that part of it. Is it looking good for your trip? First of all, your silly little remark aside, is there anyone on this call more stressed out than you? I don't think so. Even see, Dan has this whole vibe about him like, hey, everything's okay. Meanwhile, it's like we're going we're gonna to go over there one day and he's going to be like, his arm's going to be full of like little razor blade cuts. <laughs> Having an aneurysm of some sort. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. I'll tell you what, it's not looking great right now. Mm. I'm oh, going to be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and... When, Thursday, Friday look okay, but uh, Saturday looks like it's got like 20 millimeters of rain in the forecast. So. And Howard, I know all your time is going to be taken up on a golf course, probably, when you're actually in a pretty neat area of the country. Um, I went through Fredericton, a pleasant little town, but the Bay of Fundy, Fundy there, you know, where they have the flower pot things or whatever they call them, and you can go and witness... I think maybe the world's largest uh, tide change. Mm-hmm. And we talked or about it's this. right up there. Like do you, we're talking do you 30, any, 40 feet. I'm not, first of all, I'm not going to just be golfing. I'm going to be hanging out with Grant and his family, and then I'm going to see all over St. John. And, and uh, But tell me, I have no sense of where, is St. John, I hope this isn't stupid, is that near Fredericton? I have no idea. You know what, offhand, I don't, I'm not sure. I, we didn't go through that. I believe that's the capital. Okay. Also there, uh, New Brunswick is the home of the Magnetic Hill. 
okay. where you you know put your car in park and it rolls uphill. Optical illusion, Howard. It doesn't actually do it. Oh, it's it doesn't. An optical illusion. Oh, okay. Like, is it an optical no. illusion? Like how Dan's not stressed out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> hey, Dan, yeah. I, I have a compliment for you. Oh, do you? I do. And it's coming down in, in a couple of seconds. But first, why don't we start the show? This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto. From our well-equipped trailer facility in the Kawarthas, across from a canoe hanging from a tree, and from Lisa's dining room table. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Arcadec Outdoor Living, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who spent the weekend journaling, one about golf and the other about the weather, restaurant prices, how expensive Renee's is, and recent policy papers on how to control greedflation and how many dog poops were on his lawn. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Nailed me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm a very simple fellow. I really only have one concern. I mean, you could have said journaling about golf and beating off, but then again, you know. <laughs> do you journal, Howard, about golf? Uh, yeah. Seriously. I do. Because I know a lot of guys do. I do. I do. Um, like, so oh, how do you do that, though? Like you just I have a notebook, and after every round, I put down uh, some of the highlights. I, I like some of the things I thought I did really well, a couple of shots that I want to remember, and then I wrote write down a couple things I can work on. And do you go back and look at it? I every? do. Yeah. I do. Especially especially the part about, like, what could I take away? Like, what was there? A couple things where I'm like, oh, yeah, I should remember that next time I'm in that situation. Hmm. But remember, I do a yeah, golf show. A, yeah. I do a, a golf psychology show. So it's all part of the, you know, ongoing eight-year journey to not, you know, want to punch myself in the, in the face <laughs> every time I play golf. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I've i told you about a guy up here. His name is John. I don't even know his last name. We call him Birdman because he used to take pictures of birds. But he is so into golf and his swing. And he's the guy that goes to golf courses at night and plays under the moonlight. And they allow him to. Uh, but he keeps a journal of his swing. And it's mm-hmm. just, you would call him a bit eccentric. Um but it's fascinating to listen to him. Yeah, you would For call him eccentric. Time. I'd be like, hey, that seems perfectly normal to me. <laughs> well, you know, I've said time and time again, and you were here a few weeks ago. Honestly, I would love to hear, because he's always asking about you. Um, Does he listen to Swing Thoughts? Is he, is he, have you turned him on to that? Well, I, I've told him. I don't think he's completely comfortable with the concept of the podcast, per se. How old is um, he? Uh, he'd be in his 70s, eh, Dad? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, very, very, very nice gentleman. Loves to talk. You know, I come by this, honestly. My dad, in the back of the store in Moose Jaw, had, you know, torn out pages from golf magazines, and they were up in, a, you know, in his office. Mm-hmm. There was a, a long, I guess it would have been the, at one time probably part of a push broom, uh, and yeah. the, the long for you know the bristles had long been thrown out, and the the handle part that was what he would look at his golf swing. Uh, the, the it's week, called a broomstick, yeah. Mm-hmm. That part, 
Yeah. The, the six weeks before he died, we were talking on the phone about his backswing. And I remember I've told you this. He said, you know, I'm really right. having, having trouble taking the, bad, the club back on, pl- on plane or whatever. I said, dude, you're lucky you even have a backswing at this point. So, <laughs> oh, like, nice. even though, but I'm, no, I was joking. You know, like, but it's like he, right. he was thinking about golf. <laughs> You know, all his uh, his life. Anyway, let's should we get to the Dan Duran compliment? I know he's waiting. He's like, what What are people saying about me? It's always nice to have a compliment. I we try and give them to you, but you're so shy. We like listen. Fred tried to compliment you at the beginning of the story, like how you always bring things back to Jesus and stuff. <laughs> that <laughs> all compliment. Yeah, yeah. I'll compliment him right now again, and I've said it before. I spent about an hour with his son Colton and his girlfriend Vanessa. My dad's girlfriend is Vanessa. Were, yeah, and uh, they sat in here with us for about an hour. And what a fine young fella he is! And you know, I've said it many times: your kids, my kids, good people choose good mates usually, mm. and he has done that. Great kid that uh, he's going out with Vanessa and Colton. Very. Uh, Interesting young man. Yeah, yeah, he, he is. Yeah, and I, and I want to compliment you on uh, uh-huh. your relationship with your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everybody dance. <laughs> Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I have a friend in Jesus. Anyway, um. Well, yeah, that is that is true. Job. Colton is a great kid. You've done a great job with him. Mm-hmm. I don't same know. thing with Danny, your son. I was just talking with him yesterday. I, oh. I used his uh, brain to help me with uh, some some photo stuff, and uh, you know, he's always got an answer. And you know, it's very uh, no, we're, he's we're very well. No, I want to hear Dan try and articulate what he's very well. <clears throat> Well, he's very patient and well, no, I mean, he's patient and he's just really a nice guy wants to help you out if he can, you know, like Mm -hmm. I phoned him out of the blue and said, you got a couple of minutes. Yeah, sure. He's fine. So I know that Fred's going to be seeing him today. Probably is he coming up or. Oh, he's already here. He got oh, here. Oh, he did he? Yeah, he, had to, he was working last I just time. like when Dan struggles with anything emotional. I just find it funny to watch him go, well, he's a very he's, he's nice uh, and he answers his phone promptly. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to make me cry. Um, no, we've uh, all been blessed, and I'm going to use that word. We've been blessed. But we've been blessed. Take, by it, take it for what it oh, is, yeah. that word blessed, with great children. Howard's as well. It's funny. You know, Charlie popping her head in the other day, and that sweet face, and young woman now, and so sweet. <laughs> She's so funny. Yesterday, mm. she was doing, because you guys, and I, I think I told you, but I'm not sure if I've said to the audience that Charlie's training for a marathon, and she's got another mm-hmm. eight weeks to go. So she's now at the point where, you know, she's running a half, she ran a half marathon last week where she had to do whatever, whatever that is, 24 kilometers. Well, yesterday, she, she lives at St. Clair and uh, Oakwood, which is... About 12 kilometers from here. So she sends me a note in the morning. She goes, I'm running to your house and back. Will you be around? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, I missed I missed her when she was here because I was at her breakfast. But then I, I, she texted me. She says, I'm running up Royal York. So I actually drove my car and I talked to her for a while while she rested in the middle of her two-hour and 46-minute run. And then when she gets home, she sends me a note. She goes, because we were talking about her... Uh, her uncle, who's doing a triathlon yesterday. And she said, I've decided that after this, I'm going to do a triathlon. I said, Why don't, well, good for you. Good for you. Which uncle? The rich guy? Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, wow. 
How long does a triathlon take? <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, I, didn't, I didn't know what that was that about. No, just every time, Why? every but you, you I, listen. You're not going to get me in trouble anymore. But you have. How is that going to get in trouble? You get, just we don't. We don't. All right. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, it doesn't matter anymore, really. But it did at one time. Heard us talking about him, and he didn't like it. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, not in that context. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anyways, Dan, no, I get it. He's very modest, right? Yeah. Okay. Dan, what, it. yes, it was. Uh, Let me make that off. note going yeah. forward. Going. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Dan, what was your question? Did you? How long a does a triathlon take? Well, I guess there's different versions. Like the the, the full triathlon is a 26 mile. No, it's a three mile swim, a 26 mile run, and a hundred kilometer bike ride, all in one day. All in one stretch. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, because she bought herself a bike and uh, now she wants to start riding bike. So that one. And you could, a lot of people do half triathlons. So like they do half that. I, I, the whole thing you know, is ridiculous. I, of all the things that you could sort of get addicted to, isn't it great that when it's, phys- it's tied to physical fitness? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like how convenient is that? Wow. So, Dan, are you ready well, for your compliment? For oh, right. Yeah. Sure. Who's complimenting who? Well, I'm going to have, I have a, pa- I'm passing on a compliment for Dan. Oh, okay. So, uh, last night I had a nice, like a long conversation with, uh, my friend Juliet and, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I, I forget that <laughs> she has access, you know, to all the same modern conveniences that we do including this podcast and, you know right. we when oh. the week after she left i came back and the three of us were talking and you know she she thought it was very sweet the things i was saying about her mm-hmm. but her only comment was that she doesn't really she finds you and i fred and howard we talk too fast for her mm-hmm. but she really loves dan and because he speaks very slowly, <laughs> and, uh, and she finds him of the three of us the most understandable. So there you go, Dan. Oh, well, that's that is a lovely compliment. Yeah. She said, "She says, Dan, I can understand him." And I said, "Well, because he's a slow adult. He's just... <laughs> well, I'm going to say he's so special. What you're needs. saying we, we, we should all talk like Forrest Gump." <laughs> Right. We should all slow down. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 and I was a little worried because I couldn't remember if I'd said anything disrespectful. And that's so why I said to her, did you hear anything you didn't like? Because she listened to the whole thing. Uh, no, she thought it was great. She thought that I was very, how did she put it? Well, kind with my comments about her. And she loved meeting you guys. But she did make a note that uh, she said, I find Dan very understandable. I said, oh, well, I'll let well she must have been able to understand the lease then if it's, although maybe she had trouble no, with she, the volume. No, she Delise, was talking. But. Yeah, that's right. Delise is very good, but I don't see. No, she meant on listening to listening to the podcast. Oh, right. Okay. And Delise, right. as you know, that's is not on the podcast. podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily when we were together. Okay. I get it. No, no. Right. She loved yeah. meeting y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She had mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. Loved meeting everybody. She, um. But had listened to the first show back because I guess she wanted to hear if I was going to say anything about our visit. And, mm-hmm. and I was trying to rack my brains if I'd said anything. I, I, I do remember saying that thing about peeing on her, but um, I hope she didn't miss that part. 
again, just, uh, you know, it's boring to talk about technology. It's pretty wild when you think about it. The fact that she's sitting there in Mexico, you know, and almost instantly can listen to yeah. this. It's crazy when you think about it. It is crazy. It would have been a fantasy just a short time ago, and here we are. Yeah, when Dan and I first met, we would have had to record the show on a reel-to-reel. Mm-hmm. And then we would have had to put it in an envelope or an envelope. I don't know which one. And ship it to Mexico. She would have had to go to a local radio station and find a Tascan machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Is that, am I right? Is that what they were called, Danny? Well, there was Tascam. These are real trio recorders. Yeah, yeah. Tascam. Ampex was the big Ampex. one. Ampex. That's right. I could have Ampex, yeah. And uh, oh, Studer, Studer made one, too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan. Those old machines. Hey, you know, uh, all these forest fires out west uh, had me concerned about my brother because he has a uh, place about an hour outside of Kelowna. Yes, he does. And uh, so I was talking to him yesterday. Both of uh, our, we have a lot of cousins in our family, and uh, there's one cousin that has a place on Shushwap, mm-hmm. and another who has a house that is in uh, Kelowna. The Shushwap cousin, he, he can't access his cottage right now because of the uh, the fires there. And uh, uh, Roland, my other cousin, he had uh, had to evacuate. He was under the evacuation orders, so he had to bug out and. Uh, leave his uh, house behind and uh, hopefully it won't get hit but the but we just don't know the fire was pretty close to his house well daniel a uh, great segue because i was going to send you this it's a uh, nasa yeah nasa that's how you pronounce it nasa yes. with nasa the yeah, space nasa people space know. agency because i always screw it up i say nasa um yeah. and what it is it's a nasa from space um to top topographical rendering of Kelowna and the surrounding areas, central Okanagan and, and such of, of that, and of the forest fire impact. I'm going to send it to you. Cause I, I know you dig this. Oh, I'd love, yeah. yeah it's would, very yeah. cool. And you can, you can search any place, but I want you to look at this, Daniel. Um, I'll send it to you too, Fred. I know you're, you know. yeah, I have a niece that just moved back to Kelowna and we've been in contact with her brother-in-law Clyde, his daughter. And he told us yesterday that, she was in an area that prepared for evacuation, and then just around midnight, the wind shifted or something, so she got to stay in place, but they're on alert out there. Scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same with Yellowknife, the uh, evacuation. You know, you um, that uh, is this interactive map I just sent you to, you can search with Yellowknife as well, but uh, when you zoom out, Dan, it's, it's pretty wild uh, how much of that area... Although it's not, it's not near the Okanagan Lake, which is huge. But how much of that area is affected by those fires? Um, on the weekend, there's this channel called, on Sirius XM, called um, Patriot. Yeah, yeah. And it's a sort of a right-wing, foxy-type channel. And uh, I was listening to it. And again, I'm not doing all my home- homework here because it was two guys talking and I tried to remember their names. I should have written them down, and I can't this morning. It was like Ruffy and Barky or something. Ruffy and Barky. <laughs> something like that. And Love those guys. They, their whole thing, they were talking about Hawaii and Maui. And their whole spin is environmentalists are responsible for the fires in Hawaii. Because there was all that open land, and they wanted to develop it. 
you know, to provide jobs and everything. But the environmentalists pushed back that the land did not get developed. So over the years, there has been more brush and, you know, wild um, vegetation that was allowed to grow and get and get dry. Mm. And they are to blame. It's got so, nothing to do with climate. So change. the environmentalists took a bunch of blow dryers and dried all the areas. <laughs> That's right. So that would dry out the uh, develop the uh, developable land. Yeah. Developable land. Developable land. No, but you talk about anxiety. It's seriously, you listen to that, and you get, honestly, you have to shut it off because yeah. you get actually get anxious. It's like, are these guys serious? Are they so committed to that non-cause? <laughs> Of uh, global warming. They, this is what they come up with. When the governor, and I forget what his name is. Not a Hawaiian guy. He's got a... Anyway, um, the governor has said, if anybody thinks this is anything but global warming, they're just, they're fooling themselves. Are you sure yeah. it wasn't a Hawaiian guy? Governor Ukapuahulaka? No. Ukapula? <laughs> governor Don Ho Jr. Ukapuahulahulahamakaluka? <laughs> <laughs> no, the guy's name is Jim Scott or something. Uh, but he's, anyway, but his Hawaiian name matters. is Pakahula. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's but, like, I, well, but anyway, to hear this and it's just like, come on. But we've like, had this conversation, you know, no, like, I, it's like, no, not this one. But I mean, the conversation mm-hmm. around the idea, well, a couple of layers there. OK, obviously, they're doing a show on that channel, so they have to be provocative. And there's a, mm-hmm. you know, it's almost like, Dan, it would be like if you go from a rock format to a country format, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of change your sh- your your shtick. To fit the format. And so maybe those guys are fitting the format. So maybe they don't really believe that, but that's part of the the mandate of the format. But that aside, I you know, I always come back to this. This argument with the the people that don't believe in climate change, which is always this, what if you're wrong? So what, if, if you're right and there is no climate change and all these fires are just a, a result of environmentalists and their, uh, their skullduggery, but, but if you're wrong... If, if, if I'm wrong, fine, great, there was no climate change. But if you're wrong, we're fucked. So exactly. just on the off chance you're wrong, maybe we should start doing something like, I don't know, more electric, less fossil, something. Oh, they go on forever about electric vehicles and how horrible they are, Those that whole faction. But mm-hmm. anyway, that's uh, what we're dealing with. Dan, do you see the uh, map I sent you? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's in, I want to play with it now that he yeah, it's pretty cool. It yeah, yeah. And as you it's sort cool. of go up to uh, where Yellowknife is, again, it's you know, who would have thought it? Right, you'd have all these fires. That would have been, that would be a drag. Eight, Dan, if Tommy's cottage was threatened, he just built it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I talked to him about that. He said, "Nah, it's okay right now." Right, and I, and I said, "Well, what about the smoke? Because when I've been there, there has been a forest fire right on the other side of his lake, right. and we could see the the trees candling in previous years, dry years." Uh, he said he was fine, except that there was some smoke that was coming in from the Shushwap fire and some ash falling as well. But it wasn't as bad as it had been in the past. Like but still. just just when you think we're done, right? Like out here, I you know it hasn't. <laughs> It hasn't been news out here lately about, you know, the Quebec and Northern Ontario mm-hmm. fires. You know, they break out out west, which is alarming. But you talk about desperation, too. Like some of the the video from Hawaii, there's people with there was a, they stopped getting like a, um, a water supply through taps and everything because the infrastructure failed. There's people out 
around their homes with bottles of water trying to put out hot spots. That's how desperate they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about this, I think, before we took the Humble and Fred weekend break. They're thinking that there might be up to a thousand people end up dead from this. Oh, yeah. Well, they've Hawaiian fire, yeah. Hawaiian fire, yeah. Bodies are washing up on shore because people to escape the, the, the blaze ran into the water. During a storm. <laughs> During a storm. Like, it's just, you talk about, you know, out of nowhere comes this horror. Yeah, but it also brings, it brings to mind, I was thinking, like, what if that was to happen? Like, it's so far away sometimes, you just sort of really don't connect with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, having having the thoughts of my brothers, you know, in this and cousins and stuff, it's like, what would you take? You know, if if you were told to evacuate, it's like, well, you know, what are the most precious things? What? Do, how much can I take? You know, what do I care about? What do I want? You know, like, and you have to make those decisions pretty quickly. That Dan, what would question. you take? Hmm. Uh, probably photos and that videos and things. Uh, that are that you sure? Like, I, I was thinking you would say you were going to say your uh, Costco salmon that you like. <laughs> my Costco card That's important That's right Dan what have you got sure It's my Costco salmon My passport like and Costco card <laughs> It's got my I've got my Costco salmon And pictures of Colton As a baby <laughs> Alright pal Hey Dan Just so you know My son Danny Just picked up uh, One of Dougie's turds Off your Your lawn So we're doing our duty Oh thank you Mm. Just saw him He reached down And picked it up With a little bag A Dougie turd Was on your Mm. Yeah I know There's Fair you number know, it, of dogs that like that little spot there. It, it, hang on a second, Dan. Because we, we've been doing enough minutes here without mentioning any of our sponsors. But before we let you go, I wanted to talk about another disaster that happened long ago and how the people who survived that disaster, how they coped with life after, was really inspirational and may have lessons that we can learn in today's, in today's life. Okay, are you with me, Daniel? I'm with you so far. Okay, because I'm serious. I, I, I tuned into this, I guess you could call it a documentary uh, about uh, these people. And I'm going to tell you, it was inspirational. But in the meantime, let me get to Freddie here. Hang on a second, Fred. Here we go. Let me give you some music. Why is this not playing, Fred? Oh, there we go. Okay, we're sliding towards Labor Day. We're sliding towards September. That means the beginning of the NFL season. And I know a lot of people are sad that the summer's over, but they look forward to NFL football. Yes, they do. Early line out on Super Bowl favorites. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you will be disheartened. They sit in fifth place at plus 950. Those Kansas City Chiefs, plus 700. Cincinnati, plus 800. San Francisco, plus 850. Philadelphia, plus 900. Come on, Bills. Let's get her done. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And again, all those numbers I got were from Bodog. Boron One is advancing the next world-class boron projects in the heart of Europe. They're going to be a significant supplier of boron, a critical element in the current global decarbonization effort. Boron One's low-cost, high-grade, arsenic-free resource is unrivaled globally. The rapid and steep growth in demand for borats, although I thought we'd already had enough borat, but apparently 
the demand for borats will establish boron one as an important source for the market. All of this to say, if you're in the market for an investment, have your Sherpa or have our Sherpa take a look at boron.com. Boron one, I should say. B-O-R-O-N one dot com. So I hope I've picked your uh, curiosity about this uh, disaster that happened uh, long ago and the people that were part of it, uh, how they survived is really, it's a story of inspiration and it's a, it's a group of people that we all know from our youth, Dan and Fred, that uh, were just uh, all thrown together on, a, on an excursion, on a boating cruise and the, uh, the ship... Uh, was tossed uh, back and forth and uh, <laughs> and uh, the the people survived it barely survived it but uh, how they coped with life after the disaster Fred and Dan very inspirational why am I bringing this up now you say yeah mm-hmm. because uh, sometime between the last time we were all together I was flipping around the channels and I ended up watching 15 minutes of Gilligan's Island. And I don't know where to start, but I just... The, I, okay, everything I'm about to say has been said. It's hack or whatever, but I was... It, I just You just revisit the fact that they're on this desert island. They, they can't get off for years, but they have all the modern conveniences. In this particular episode... Uh, they were th- uh, one group was throwing a costume party. <laughs> and, uh, there seemed to be like an, a supply of costumes, which they would have brought on the minnow. Anyway, and uh, at, at the costume party, they were dancing. And in order to facilitate uh, music, they had turned, I don't know, uh, they had records and then uh, they made a Victrol, like, like, like a crank record player and... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Didn't they have a bicycle attached to the thing? To not, not in this energy? particular episode, but like, the, oh. and, and even that, like, and I thought to myself, how did I not notice all of this when I was a kid? You know, the yeah. fact that uh, there, Mrs. Howell was in full makeup, oh, yeah. like all the fucking time. And when you see the original, when you see the minnow, it wasn't that big a boat. No, but and and as you say. But on that particular day, they decided to take a lot of their clothing for some reason. Took a lot of clothing for a three-hour... That's another thing. This three-hour tour they were going on... Mm -hmm. Very well prepared. Guys, they they not only took a lot of clothing, but for this particular episode, um, at one point, to, I guess, cover the... You know, in case anyone was curious, they said... Skipper says, well, yes, uh, go in the supply uh, whatever hut. And in the supply hut was... Like a pirate's costume and uh, movies, you know, the, there was other costumes. People had uh, little masks that they were wearing, like, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was something else. You know, the once great television outlet from Hamilton, CHCH TV 11, it's just been reduced to. Like all day long, they just play old 60s and 70s sitcoms. And Killigan's Island, uh, they bought a ton of them, apparently, because right. every day it's on a couple of episodes. And I happened to see one last week. Come on. And it was, you know, oh, yeah, it was one of the aggravating episodes, you know, where somebody happens upon the island and then they think they're going to get off and then they get up in the morning and those people are gone. Yeah, they're for gone. For whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. And for some reason, didn't get to take them with. Well, this was a rock band. Did you ever see that one? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
So it's a no. rock band just happens to end up on the island and put a concert on for them, playing electric guitars, of course. Yes. Not plugged in, but the, they had all their equipment, the drums, the guitars, and everything, and... Mr. Howell hated it um, because the rock music. Yeah, a generator somewhere for the, uh, you know. <laughs> and anyway, they ended up leaving the island without, you know, Gilligan and the crew, which happened all the time. But, you know, uh, another observation I made, Gilligan and the skipper, they slept in the same hut and their hammocks were one above the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, number one, why wouldn't Gilligan want his own hut? I mean, seriously, why would you want to bunk in with the skipper if you're there that long? And why did the hammocks have to be one above the other? I guess for bunk beds. Like, they, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but why? I don't know. <laughs> and the other thing is, like, the other thing, there's a thousand things. The fact that their clothes looked just freshly pressed all the time, the, the mechanics of their huts, the doors, the hinges. Like, again, yeah. how old would we have all been? I would have been a little, you know, in, in my ones, somewhere in my eight, nines, and tens. But just thought nothing of the fact that they were all running around in freshly laundered clothes. Mm-hmm. Well, they had the professor, right? He right. Had to provide, he had the, you know, he had a lot of responsibilities for a lot yeah. of that stuff. But even, again, the hammocks, it's like they're t- finely woven pieces of material. Yes. I mean, t- you know, the skipper was a big guy. Like, who did that? Where did the, where did the why material were they, come from? Why How did they all, do it? Why were all the women wearing makeup? It's, a, it's they're on a desert island. You know, it's, why are they, like, no one's wearing, like, ripped dresses turned into shorts. I had forgotten, though, how, you know, Ginger was pretty juicy. Well, that was another thing about that show. I think that was the start of uh, Ginger or Marianne, uh, Bailey yeah. or, uh, or uh, uh, what you would call on WKRP. Or uh, our, uh, Betty or Veronica. Betty or Veronica, Betty or Wilma, like on and on and on. And I think that started. I always went for the... I like uh, Marianne more than Ginger. Those big vamps always made me nervous. Yeah, because she's a lot of woman for you. I, here's the thing about Betty. Still too much woman. I think about what Betty. Was Lonnie and, Anderson. What was Lonnie Anderson's name on WKRP? I forget. No. Uh, anyway. But Betty and Veronica, I always went for Betty because they were basically the same face. Mm. And always, I always went for the darker haired ones. Or was it Veronica? No, Betty was the. Who was the, Dan, which one was blonde? Betty or Veronica? Uh. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, uh, Betty was blonde. Yeah, so, so I went for Veronica. Lonnie Anderson's name on uh, WKRP was Jennifer Marlowe. Jennifer, Very right. good, Daniel. Uh-huh. Very good. But yeah, I, I, I preferred Bailey. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, there Did you, you know go. That, that with Gilligan's Island, there was like, this is a time now with when there's limited series, like there's six or eight or ten episodes you're seeing on Netflix and all that. This is a time when they did a season with 36 episodes. Yes. The first season was 36 episodes. Yeah, yeah man. And the second was 32. The third was 30 in 1964 to 66. The other day, I'm a... Uh, Thank know, you, Daniel. In a, I'm in a YouTube rabbit hole, and I'm... A bunch of Johnny Carson's stuff came up. It was 1986, the only time that Jackie Gleason appeared on The Tonight Show. And he lit one cigarette after another with something. And, um, you know, in The Honeymooners, there was only like 39 episodes ever, Mm -hmm. ever. 
And just look how that show has lived on. How it's endured. You know, I got a weird yeah. text from uh, Spencer. I get these weird messages from them once in a while. And then funny you brought up Carson. Spencer said, uh, when I get home, can we watch some Johnny Carson? I was like, what? Where'd mm-hmm. that come from? Yeah, she wants to watch. Uh, what did she? What did they say? It was Carson and something else. It was just like it was the weirdest thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure we can find it somewhere, but uh, well, just go to oh, here it is. YouTube, Howard. Carson, like yeah, all all the best episodes. Yeah, she wanted Ed Sullivan, Carson, and Carol Burnett, which I thought was very odd. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, thanks for your uh, time. Are you going to be able to come back and do a little news for us? Uh, yeah, for hang sure. out I'll, with us. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll be back shortly then. Okay, man. And uh, while you're oh, Dan's gone. I was going to say while you're gone, praying to Jesus. You know, ask for a little break in this weather. Yeah, I got on. You know, you talk about a YouTube rabbit hole. I was on one uh, with my buddy the other night. We were watching. Uh, I don't got started. We were watching, uh, you'd love it. It was Daryl Hall. Before we got into Daryl's house, it was Daryl Hall singing, uh, God damn it, a particular song. I'm going to find it because it was, it was amazing. It was his version of this song. And uh, it's before the show's over, I'll find it for you. And then I start, we started watching. I have a friend in Jesus? Yes. <laughs> it was Jesus is my friend, the Daryl Hall version. Mm. Why? Well, I'm, I'm, you know what it was? I also you were listening to the Patriot. I was listening to Yacht Rock all weekend. That's why all this stuff is coming up on the show. Oh, and they're like a, it's like about a sixty song rotation. No, it was pretty good. I had it on all day, oh, buddy. Yeah, yeah. It was. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but it, the rotation was pretty good. So yeah. then we started watching live from Daryl House episodes that I liked. That he we just that that might be. I don't know if everyone knows about it, but if you don't, you should check it out because it's just fantastic. Something yeah. I watched almost by mistake uh, on the weekend, too, was the uh, Burt Reynolds uh, documentary. Where's that on? Oh, I think HBO. And that's what made me think because, you know, he was married to Lonnie Anderson for a while. Right. How that all fell apart and... You know, his true, his his really, his, and he, he even said it before he died, his only really true love, the woman that he was, ever really fell in love with was Sally Field. I was going to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have guessed Sally Field. And I, and I didn't, like, from Smokey and the Bandit, that era, when they were showing clips of Sally Field, like, not only was she cute as a button, yeah, but yeah. she had quite the bod. Oh, yeah, she's very God. sexy. Sally Field. Um, Before I forget to come back to this, it was Daryl Hall doing a version of this song. Just so good. It's called Me and Mrs. Jones. You ever heard of that song? Oh, yeah. And I know you like Daryl Hall. I know you're going to love this. And he's so good. You know, there's another guy that's just super talented. Keyboards, guitar, singing. Just listen to 30 seconds of this.
know that it's wrong But it's much too strong To let it go Like the fact that he does all these songs on Live from Daryl's House with other artists. And he's always so cool because he always gives the other artists, if it's a Hall & Oates song, he gives them sort of first verse. Like him and CeeLo Green and Rob Thomas. Oh my God. Yeah. And the musician. They're about 15 years old now. Has he not done any new ones? No. He moved out of the house and then he took it to to like a roadhouse bar type thing that he bought. But it's just sort of petered out. Listen to this. Anyway, it's so really... Like, he hasn't done those in years? No. That's a shame, man. Because they were so good. So goddamn good. Well, speaking of things, I I, I wanted to bring up a couple things I did watch that I wanted to recommend to you and our very, very lovely audience. You know, um... Covers are an interesting beast because before you tackle one, you better get it. Or if you don't do it justice, it's a, you know it's a it's a tough thing. Like you know, on um, Sirius XM, they also have a a channel called Covers, and sometimes I listen to it. And um, again, same thing. Some are great, and others are. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. So did Not you? Sure. And Beatle ones are really tough. Did you catch what I said to you a second ago? Which part? I was gonna, something I watched, I wanted to recommend it to you in our audience. Oh, no, okay. I okay. just wanted to make Oh, no, that's fine. Um, I agree. I, what, what channel is the covers, by the way? Oh, I think it's one of the add-ons. I don't think you get it. It's, it's one of their online channels. So, in reverse order, Bill Brio was on last week, I think, talking about this telemarketers. It's on Crave HBO. I've only got halfway through the first episode. That's uh, it comes out weekly, I guess. Not not bad, but not what I think you thought. Well, certainly what I thought it was going to be. It's interesting. Hang on, but it's not. Uh, well, at least so far, isn't what I kind of thought it was going to be. Like sort of exposing the telemarketing industry. It's about a bunch of guys in the eighties uh, and early nineties working at this particular place in New Jersey and how they hired ex-cons and there was drugs being done. It was, it was quite, it's quite, it's interesting, but it's not like exposing the telemarketing industry. No, I gave it 15 minutes. Oh, you did. And what'd you think of yeah. it? Uh, same thing. It wasn't what I thought. Right. Okay. I was hoping it was like modern day telemarketing. Like yes. The sleazy side of it and really didn't get that impression. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. like and people trying to rip people off. Exactly. But I mean, it was like, a, you know, it was somewhat, Interesting. I don't know if I'll go back to it. No. No, again, I just, you know, it's because we get so many calls now of people with leading questions, you know, they're trying to rip you off. And I find that really intriguing. Yeah. But that's not really what this was. So it was more about the history of it and how it started. And I think we should add intriguing to our list of things, yeah. our adjectives, because it's intriguing is is also very intriguing. Curious. The other th- uh, couple things I saw that uh, well, I don't know if Bill recommended this. I started watching. I've watched one and a half episodes of uh, Depp versus Heard, the Johnny Depp um, Amber Heard trial, and they've edited it together. And it's the phenomenon of that how the social media world exploded. Blah blah blah. Did you watch any of that? No, we were talking about that last week, remember? And we were going to find out about the shitting in the bed. Right. Well, she claimed, first of all, 
she might be one of the most I want to use the word ethereal most beautiful human beings it's just so striking one of those people that you know if you saw them in person it would be almost almost too much like she's so beautiful especially in some of the video they show of her when she first met him she was 22 23 and he was like 40 something kind of like Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall that kind of older aging movie star young ingenue they called them anyway and and yeah she talked about it the fact that it was the dog that shit in the bed and Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was really surprised the social I, I wasn't really that aware of what was going when it was going on, the social media response to it. But most people sided with him, including, as it turns out, the jury. Uh, they uh, mm-hmm. awarded him some money. They basically. Th- yeah, I, I, I found him creepy, to be honest with you. Again, you know, Howard, that's another byproduct of social media, you know. If if social media didn't exist, would Donald Trump be leading the GOP primaries or whatever you want to call it? By 70%, yeah, something ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's like you can create this storm online and control the narrative on some level. And, you know, and Johnny Depp, like, obviously a bigger star than her, right? Like, oh, yeah. And is that what it's all about? I love Johnny Depp. I love his movies. So, no, he couldn't do anything wrong. Well, like, it's bizarre. I, again, I won't watch all three episodes because I started to get in the, the whole courtroom stuff. But what's fascinating about it is just what you're talking about is I, I was fascinated by how many people almost instantly disregarded her claims of being abused by this guy. Yeah, I know. I, 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 and then I went and looked it up. As just like, I was just getting tired of it, and so I wanted to see how, you know, I, to remind myself how it ended. And it ended with him being awarded some money and her getting some. They settled for very little, but in the end, he was doing it to clear his name. But to my mind, watching him, again, I just found him, you know, he's a drug user. And, 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 and some of the video, I'm sorry, some of the audio they played of him screaming at her. And how do you explain that? Like, I mean, really... Do you use the word exonerated? Like a court of law made that decision. Mm -hmm. You know, and under our system, theirs in particular, you're supposed to live with that. You're supposed to respect that. Often you don't, but think about that. It's, you know, the big fat orange turd. If he's found not guilty on in his mess, like, you know, what does that say? You're supposed to accept it. Even though he doesn't accept things, but but I don't the, know. but the one I was I've saved because I really really want you to see it, and I think it's important. Uh, it's an it's an interesting sort of docu not was a sort of dramatic documentary, whatever they call those things, where it's mostly written, but there's lots of sort of real life video in it. And it's called Painkillers. Mm-hmm. It's about the oxycotton, the rise of opioid abuse and yes. use in uh, North America. Mm-hmm. It's really well done. Matthew Broderick stars in it and a bunch of other people. It's only six episodes, but it I, I, I binged it. It was really, really good and very, very informative, but also entertaining as well in a weird way. Well, to bring this around, that's what Burt Reynolds was all about. That was his problem, you know, painkillers, because, you know, he was injured several times on set. Mm hmm. And then took, 
painkillers. And then, you know, when it was back in a time, we knew about the problems that they could lead to, but not like we do now. Mm-hmm. Not to the extent we know and now. And again, they, you know, he used to just, he used to drink, eat them right out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. And all his friends said he was the type of guy that if it, they prescribed two, he would take four just to make sure, right? Yeah. And uh, that was his downfall. He became a, a prescription drug addict. So knowing, so taking that as sort of the baseline, what, what, what yeah. this company did... Uh, in creating oxycodone, well, you know, and Rush Limbaugh, the great Rush Limbaugh, mm-hmm. um, with a talent on loan from God, he got addicted to it because mm-hmm. what they did is they took the old type of you know painkillers and and what and, and they made basically oxycodone is just legalized heroin. It's just because it used to they used to only subscribe prescribe these things for end of life cancer you know you're at your very end Mm -hmm. they're basically sort of laced Mm -hmm. with morphine etc and then this company came along and they sort of took what was what what existed and they just sort of refined it so that it was just like taking heroin in pill form and doctors were prescribing it like why wouldn't you know if you had a like for instance i thought of you because one of the main characters in the drama has a back issue and they go through all the things that they prescribed him. Some of the things they prescribed you. Sort of Vioxx, that level of sort of level one or two. <clears throat> until he couldn't take it anymore and they started prescribing Oxycontin. Eventually, this guy, over the course of the series, he kept becomes, he's like a heroin addict. It's quite scary down there. I mean, I'm sure we have the same problem here. But I don't think it was ever prescribed at the rate it was prescribed down there. Well... And the problem with a lot of those drugs, um, when I had back issues, you take them for a while and then they stop working. So yes. you're on to the next one. Yeah. And that's really bizarre how that works. There was a couple that I took and they just literally, not didn't take that long either. It was like the first few times I took them, it was like, oh, I feel like a new man. And, you know, maybe a month later, I would take them and they would have no effect. Yeah. So then they would put me on something else. And I, again, that's, but you know, I always had a resistance to that stuff where I just, the thought of taking it bothered me. But again, you know, to get back to Burt Reynolds, you know, it's, it was explained, you know, to be in excruciating pain. And he had friends saying, Burt, you can't be doing this. But when you're in that level of pain and these things take it away, it's pretty hard to resist. <laughs> well, and, and, you know? and this character has a, an accident at work. He has to have some back surgery, a bit more invasive than what you had. Mm-hmm. And is having, you know, just and just as you described, you know, in, in the beginning, this drug in the, the company is Purdue Pharma. Made just mm-hmm. billions of dollars on this stuff. Just billions of dollars. And uh, well, anyway, the beginning, yeah. he's taking the sort of lowest level dose and it mm-hmm. gives him his life back. He even says that to his wife and the kids. There's like, you know, he's back. Mm-hmm. But quickly, as you describe, you, you build resistance to it mm-hmm. like any drug. And now he's taking more and more and the doctor won't prescribe him these, these drugs anymore. And now he's do he's now they started crushing them up and snorting them just like heroin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a, I, I'll just say this. It's not the be-all and end-all this series. It's, it's got a little, you know, it's a little quirky in moments. But I just overall, it was a great, I, did, I learned a lot of stuff about this epidemic. 300,000 plus Americans have died because of oxycodone 
oxycontin overdose and you know they've part of the something china's been accused of right pill warfare flooding the american market with be it uh you know um fentanyl and Mm -hmm. all those cheap underground um painkillers to literally bring the population to its knees just think about that as a strategy let's dump all these pills into the united states to (laughs) to affect their population en masse it's crazy you know what's really crazy just quickly before we wrap up the movie it's called painkiller um when the company big pharma goes to court they're being sued Mm -hmm. and there's all these court cases who shows up as one of their lawyers you know, defending the fact that they really didn't know they were this, these pills were addictive and hundreds of thousands of people are dying. Rudolph Giuliani. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rudy Giuliani shows up as one of the lawyers defending the pharma company. Anyway, it was very interesting. Anything for money, eh? Yeah, man. Yep, very interesting. And then, and and I don't know. Like I, I haven't looked this up. What the state of that drug is now, but you know, listen, we're all human beings. If you're in really bad pain, whether you're Burt Reynolds, Rush Limbaugh, or you, like whatever would take that pain away. Well, when you've got pain, and I can listen on a low level, but I had pain sometimes where you literally cannot function. You want like anything to take that pain away right there was days where it was so severe for me it was like make this go away and i did it by just staying immobile so i mean obviously there's people beyond that even laying in a bed or in pain and need something um i get it i get it because it you know it's just um it's a sort of an instant or short-term solution but you want to keep it going it's horrible well, and you're really one of the lucky ones, dude. Like, that's right. I called you, dude. You know, because you were in, in really bad shape for a couple years, and there was a solution. And after the solution, which was that microsurgery or whatever, micro, mm-hmm. what, what, what did you actually have? A microdectomy or some shit? Yeah, it's called a micro discotomy or yeah. something. So, yeah. but from that point onward, now, these many years later, mm-hmm. you just function normally. Not everyone's that lucky. Yeah. You are blessed. Oh, no, absolutely. You're truly blessed. You know, what I had could have allowed to drop foot. In fact, I was getting there. My ankle was numb. And then it leads to bowel problems, too. Like, you you start losing the feeling, that feeling, that urge when you have to go. Like, it's numbed. and It's brutal, man. And people, then what happens? You just poop yourself? I guess. I don't know. I never got to that standpoint, but brutal brutal yeah, no kidding uh anyway that's what i i wanted to recommend from a uh, humble and fred weekend away dan will be back in a few minutes time we got a few other things to unpack as the kids like to say but first let's unpack this stuff frederick uh tim nimble at the retirement sherpa tim a uh, portfolio manager raymond james a member of the canadian investors protection fund uh tim will be by on wednesday and um He says, do you know what you are paying for financial advice, investment management? Is it all-inclusive or a la carte? What's the range? Are there gross fees, net returns based on net returns? Anyway, all questions, I guess, a lot of people can't answer. They have a guy and they're paying the guy, but they don't know exactly how much and why. So Tim's going to address that on Wednesday. 
the Retirement Sherpa, Tim Nibbler, retirementsherpa.ca. That's right, just give me a second here. I'm trying to find the... Uh, how do I not have this open in front of me? But by the way, just to back up there too, you know, Me and Mrs. Jones is not really one of my favorite songs that's ever done anything for me, but that version, mm. as you say, is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about Boron, Boron 1, and uh, one of the things that Boron is in is electric vehicles, along with, of course, lithium. If you want to get into an electric vehicle... Uh, check out evnet.ca. You can choose any EV experience you want, whether it's a Nissan Leaf, maybe the Tesla Model uh, 3, the Kona, or the Bolt. And by the way, remind me, you and I, I got to talk about trading uh, vehicles with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's coming up next week. Uh, well, oh, okay. Yeah, in a week or so. Uh, if you want to do this, you can take it for 24 hours, for three days, for seven days. What you'll do is experience what life in electric vehicles are like and how it can impact you positively. And, of course, it's better for the planet. Give these fine folks a call, 1-800-387-9391. And visit evnet.ca. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, our Facebook feed to make sure it's uh, still up as I do periodically and uh, Dave Little one of our uh, regular contributors just asked me to uh, post the uh, NASA link and I will do that uh, right now how do I do that just put that right there okay there it is guys it's there if you want it okay um, what about you besides you have all the kids you've got your grandchildren there the weather was a topic for you and I before we hit record. We were trying to be, you know. Speaking of the weather, you know, that uh, hurricane that's charging or affecting Southern California. Yeah. There's another. You talk about weather or not and learning things. The hurricanes on that side of the world are, aren't very um, common. The right. They are on the East Coast. I mean, they happen, but to not nearly the degree they do on the West Coast, especially that area up through Mexico on the west coast but it's named hillary and i kept hearing all weekend long i kept hearing how fierce hillary was raging hillary and i'm thinking is hillary gonna is she back in the race is she gonna replace biden (laughs) that's right seriously i kept thinking that the way they're throwing out hillary and i'm thinking what what, did i miss something like is hillary clinton back in the uh (laughs) back in the picture but it turned out to be this hurricane and yeah, and it's uh, they're saying they're not going to be able to handle the rain that's coming with it. And then there was an earthquake yesterday in Southern California on top of it all. And crazy times, brother. Well, and the thing is, there's mm-hmm. always been earthquakes in California. There's always mm-hmm. been fires here and there. And I can mm-hmm. see, you know, again, back to the idea of these guys on Sirius XM that you were listening to digging in again about how there's not really climate change. Like even at this point, there's gotta be, well, there's gotta be somebody in that party or somebody on the right wing part of the world that, that has a, has some sense. Like it's not even like, okay, maybe 20 years ago there was a debate when oh fossil fuels and blah, 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 but there's no debate anymore. Really? Is there nobody? I sent you a, an article yesterday. This guy, Will Hurd's his name. 
He has no mm-hmm. chance of ever being elected, but he no. makes because he makes too much sense. But he's mm-hmm. a Republican. And he, you know, is a sort of very moderate. He's more of like an old fashioned Republican, more just a guy who, you know, he's not the mega version of Republicans. No, he has zero chance. Yeah. uh, Again, on YouTube, I saw something that was fresh off the uh, fresh out of the oven. It was uh, Chris Christie on Fox News explaining to them once and for all about the um, fake electors. Because oh, yeah. that whole right wing thing, they don't, wanna, they don't even want to go there with the fake electors. It's all about First Amendment. And Donald Trump is being punished for just having an opinion on the election. Mm-hmm. No, it's about the fake electors. And it was really, um, can I say this? Intriguing. Yeah. Intriguing. To, to, yeah. to um, see him on Fox News saying, OK, let me walk you through this, people. You know? It's all about, it's not what he said, it's what he did. But it just goes back to what we're talking about. Even with the weather, they don't, want to, they don't want to let up. They don't want to tell the truth. They don't want to level with the people because it gets in the way of their narrative. I mean, again, that's where we're at. It's, I was just trying to find it. I can't uh, at this yeah, short notice. Yeah, I, yeah, well, and, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you think there's again, if you want to look if anyone who wants to look up this guy's name is Will Hurd and uh, he's yeah. a senator or a congressperson, but he's got, and you know, that other. Yeah, I was going to say he's just got like he makes so much sense. This I think it was Julie Fleming who sent us the article. Uh-huh. I sent it to you, but he just makes so much sense. He's just sort of a normal person who, you know, isn't crazy, doesn't seem crazy. I'm going to let you because I stepped on you. Go ahead and finish your thought because I have a question for you in a second. No, this the same with this Ram Sammy guy or whatever. Yeah, Ram Sammy. If you listen to yeah, if you listen to him, Ramaswamy, the issue, Ramaswamy. If you listen to him just talk about the issues, you think, oh, on some level, this guy makes sense. But his strategy now, you know, he's sitting in the weeds. He's saying right now that I will, if I'm elected president. I will pardon Donald Trump no right, matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And you, you just know the game that he's playing, that if Donald Trump is taken out of the picture between now and next November, a year from November, he'll be able to say, hey, I'm the guy that said I would. I'm the guy that said I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I would pardon him. I love Donald Trump. So Donald's not around anymore. But oh, remember, I love Donald. Yeah. I was going to help Donald. That's his strategy. So he doesn't even care about what's right or wrong. He cares about just getting into that position. Well, he's not alone in that. None of them do. I mean, that's politics on a lot of levels. Like here are the top candidates besides there's DeSantis, Ramaswamy, I dig his name, Pence and Tim Scott. That's your top four beside Trump. None of them. Chris, I, I, I said this to you last week. Yeah, Chris Christie has his faults, too, but he's the only one willing as you just pointed out, to go out and say this guy, Trump, is was wrong. This is all mm-hmm. just bullshit. And he's polling at 2%, 60% behind the now four-time indicted, convicted rapist. And that's just recent history. My question, and I was going to bring this up when Dan came back, but I want to start with you. Because I started thinking about this, as we often do. And here's what I'm curious about. What's intriguing about this. And, and, and eventually we've got to get somebody from that other side on this show. Because I am actually open now to have the discussion. 
about why do you think they think this way? And before you answer, let me explain what I mean by that is I'm now I want to know. I want to know because I must be stupid after knowing what you know about Trump, even if and I would say this to somebody, even if only five percent of it is true. And the reason, by the way, the reason that Fox doesn't want to talk about fake electors is it's too complicated. Mm hmm. It's too complicated for their average audience, and they know it. And if they had to explain it, it would make Trump look bad. Because there's no other way, there's no other explanation than a sitting president who encouraged a uh, bunch of state electors Mm -hmm. to fucking lie, because that's the Mm -hmm. explanation. But Mm -hmm. anyway, let me calm down and say this. So my question, and now that Dan's back, is it would be interesting, curious, and intriguing to find out why they think this way. What is it? What's in it for them? And I'm open to it. You know, Howard, that's a great question. And and I think part of the answer is, and you always have to consider this, what makes a person think the way they do? What have they been through to make them so easily swayed? You know, again, just look at look at the map. The interior of the country is all red where you know farming has taken a hit um industry has taken a hit over the years you know and like you've just really got to appreciate where people come from and a lot of this trump support is desperation i mean Mm -hmm. they've he to his credit as being a con man has convinced them that he is going to make their life a lot better than it was and you know i say it's always been tied to racism yeah there's part of that too they want the country back those people, those supporters of his, mm-hmm. they want the country back where, you know, black people were kept in their place and neighborhoods were all white and, you know, there was no affirmative action. That's what they want back. And the reason they want that back is because of what they've been through personally and who they blame for it. And Trump has just played that perfectly. He just has. 2024 Republican nomination asked on the CBS poll that everyone will be talking about uh, that was conducted last week. So after uh, indictment number four and uh, he they were asked, who would you vote for today among Republican voters? Sixty two percent. Dan Duran. Sixty two percent. Other Republican voters. Yeah. And and by the way, it's neck and neck. In the general, it's neck and neck, him and Biden. And, you know, that's on the Democrat side. There's lots of Democrats that don't want Biden to run again. They're not interested in that. Biden has got the lowest uh, approval rating at this point in his career uh, of any president except for Jimmy Carter. Yes. Yes, that's true. But in some polls, he's basically where Barack Obama was at this point in his first term. Now, I don't know if that's pretty two, traditional. Yeah, pre, exactly. For so a guy to be unpopular during his tenure. Yeah, uh, it's just too bad that Joe Biden isn't even a few years younger. Uh, but yeah, so that, so that really is the question. And, and you answered it I, I, as I, I believe everything you said. And I and I would have <laughs> thought that would be the, and the answer. But part of my curiosity about the other side's you know, digging in and why they think that way. That certainly would explain 
the average sort of, you know, middle American who does think the world is against them. And in a lot of ways it is. And you got to feel sorry for them. A lot of the people I saw in this uh, documentary, Dan, or this drama series, Painkillers, a lot of those people were very poor Americans being prescribed Oxycontin. And, you know, it makes you feel good. It does because it's fucking heroin. But it doesn't explain what well, does explain. It kind of, again, I would love to talk to those guys that were doing the podcast you listened to or the, the show on yeah. Patriot. Do you really believe this? Do you really believe Donald Trump didn't? do any of these things come on and we know economics and the way the world works a lot of it is cyclical and those people that think donald trump is going is going to give them a better life they haven't stopped down to realize that during his four years he didn't give them a better life at all no you know it was just all propaganda and bullshit he led them to believe they were you know and you know trump on the weekend talking about if he was president there wouldn't be inflation well, yeah i know that's that's pretty good pal because the inflation's a problem right around the globe <laughs> right. you know but what did barnum say I've, I've used this before but what did he say about the guy barnum and bailey said never underestimate how dumb um, you know the average you know american is the average person is but in this case the average american is because if you believe that donald trump could have stopped inflation just in the u.s you've got to be pretty dumb but if that's all you're getting back to social media, if that's all you read and it's all you're told and all you're willing to accept, and it's so easy, you know, if there's a narrative you don't like to just block it or just not go back there. Is somebody boating right swing. behind you? That's cool, man. Somebody just boated right behind you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a different. Well, can you hear it? I was going to say, what a different scenario. I apologize, Dan, because, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got somebody boating behind this idyllic lake scene. I'm looking out here and there's, you know, someone just stepped, you know, bent over and stepped out a cigarette. And there's, you know, (laughs) sketchy people walking by me every morning. Dan, what were you going to say, sir? That uh, social to Fred's point, social media has has perhaps had a huge influence in training people to have uh, a polarized opinion. Because what social media is, you know, where you get uh, engagement is by having some sort of fear or some sort of, uh, you mm-hmm. know, outrage that, that, you know, that and you constantly are getting that on social media and that what gets you back there. And then that also just creates a climate. Right around a social climate around uh, and and polarization. I have to be polarized about this, and that's how people start thinking. Uh, no, hundred percent. The whole it's, society's gone. That well, way. society's always been based on confirmation bias. Uh, the people I like the people in my village. I do not like the people in the other village because mm-hmm. I don't really know them. Latest mm-hmm. Trump mm-hmm. indictment. Which concerns you more? Seventy-seven percent of GOP primary voters indictment is politically motivated. Eight percent. Trump tried to overturn the presidential election. Only 80% are worried about that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Trump, Trump could be found guilty of all of this. And you said this earlier. I believe it. Of mm-hmm. all these things. And Trump could even admit it. And they still wouldn't, would think it was politically motivated. Fuck. And again, it gets back to your original question. Where does that come from and why? Top reason. You know, for- nothing, nothing is that easy. You know what I mean? There's- oh, yeah. It's but, a, that's a, it's a troubled nation, obviously. This is my favorite, though. Mm-hmm. Top reason for considering Trump: ninety nine percent among those who are or might be voting in the primary, mm-hmm. things were better under Trump. Ninety nine percent believe that. Ninety five percent thinks he fights for people like me. And we've said this mm-hmm. before: if Trump ever actually had to hang with any of the actual voters, he'd be disgusted. 
He has not. He has nothing in common with them. No, he does. Yeah, he uses them. He's no. just using them. He preys on their naivety. Absolutely. Um, you know he. Yeah. And I gotta mention, you know, this fucking Joe Rogan guy. I, I saw him go off the other day talking about how popular Trump is because he was at some rally and fifteen thousand people showed up. And when Biden goes somewhere, he doesn't get those people. Listen, dummy. And it just doesn't mean anything. Of course he can get 15,000 wingnuts in a stadium, that, because that's what he's all about. But meanwhile, you know, the last election, he lost the popular vote by a huge margin. Yeah. But how many people show up at his rallies? It's a cult, man. You don't, you don't realize that, Joe Rogan? This is a freaking cult. And of course they're going to come to those rallies. It, it, it's no real statement on his so-called general popularity. But yeah, it well, you, you, but you can pick and choose. As a, to, right. to Dan talking about social media and how we, we tribe up, you, know, you just pick and choose the moments, the ideas, the incidents that, that will feed the narrative that you want to push forward. Dan, I know we're uh, getting into uh, Dan's uh, news time here, so let's. Uh, are you ready emotionally for this? Yeah, I can handle it. Yeah. Fred, do you have just, any? Just one more point. Remember uh, okay. when Obama first came onto the scene yes the people that showed up at his rallies yeah yeah you know what i mean he was the first black guy and it was very inspirational for a whole sort of generation or you know race of people and that's all that trump's doing he's just you know what they what hillary said the deplorables he's he's given them somewhere to go (laughs) yeah man yeah man all right dan are you uh, ready to do your business yeah. <laughs> now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Anduran, oh. the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang, so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's house With news and views Here's movie anchor Daniel D. Duran in the news cycle since we last spoke, Canada now has a thousand fires blazing, more than a thousand actually. The U.S. West Coast is experiencing the first tropical storm in 84 years, and Russia crashed a rocket into the moon. But more importantly, Kid Rock has finished his explosive Bud Light boycott, or so it seems. He was yeah. caught on camera drinking a Bud Light at a baseball game. That's right. The that. same guy who exclaimed, fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser Busch. And shot it with ago. a gun. <laughs> shot it with an AK 47, you know, wasted a bunch of beer and was clutching a blue can, taking sips, not caring about his loud protest that, uh, that culminated in, uh, in pummeling revenues and layoffs for the, uh, for the Anheuser Busch Corporation. How do you Bud explain Light. that? Yeah, what a dick. You know, I, I've said this to you, and I, you know, I, I want to go on record as in my life, one of the single dumbest things I've ever heard or witnessed is this whole Bud Light thing. I have no fucking explanation. And it all started no, with that I little agree. shithead. Yeah, I totally agree. What a and fucking there he dick. was with a Bud Light. It's like, um, you know, he's moved on to the next thing. And, oh, I forgot. I'm not supposed to drink this. <laughs> you know? And I thought, too, when I saw the photo. <clears throat> Like, think about what he cost that company, because yeah. he kind of he's not wasn't the only one, but he was certainly no. one of the first to make a big stink about it. 
to try and, and again back to what Dan was talking about to try and garner likes and retweets or whatever he he made that video and he affected mm-hmm. the lives of millions of people many people who worked in that company whose lives are affected because Kid Rock was trying to be cute stupid douchebag yeah. And Ted Nugent reading some of his stuff recently against the Bud Light thing and loving Donald and a lot of these pop country fucking idiots too jumped on that bandwagon and oh, had yeah. a pretty big influence. Oh yeah, another boat. Love that mm-hmm. dude. Uh, Dan, do you have any more? Is there more? Should I hit the? There's, a, there's another story. Sure. Oh no, my goodness me! Um, thanks to the good Lord Jesus Christ for bringing us. Daniel Duran's second story. (laughs) Smoking shrivels up the teenage brain. A new study suggests that the brain of teenagers who take up smoking may be different from those of adolescents who don't take up the habit. So it gets to the brain. Research uh, at Cambridge University and uh, Warwick in Britain and a university in China found that teens who started smoking by 14 years of age had significantly less gray matter in a section of the brain's left frontal lobe. Mm. The left frontal lobe, you know, less cognitive function and therefore are more inclined to break rules and develop bad habits uh, with with the smoking. They're hoping that the results of this study um, may help in intervening and preventing... uh, Teenagers from taking up the habit before addiction takes hold. Yeah, I, it's, well, how do you argue with that? I had no idea that smoking would affect the brain, though. I, I, I knew that. You know, I, I, know. I, I didn't Toxins. know that particular. Toxins. It's the uh, I heard that weed, <clears throat> which I no longer use. Uh, weed is bad for the development of teenage brains. That, you know, the, as to your story there, that uh, the brain isn't completely, you know, set until late yeah. teens, early 20s. And that weed is not great for that. <laughs> so funny. Another boat just went by Fred and then some dude just as we're doing this, walked by with this giant vape cloud <laughs> just in front of the just a huge. I'm like, is that guy on fire? Huge vape cloud. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, watching that, as I said, that YouTube thing the other night, Jackie Gleason, one cigarette after another on the set, like back when you could smoke on set um, of The Tonight Show. And I think he died at 71, Mm. and I believe it was lung cancer. And then what was Johnny Carson's last words to his brother just before he died? That he was something like those fucking cigarettes. And yeah. You know, how many? And again, that's an era when, obviously. And then we get back to, Howard, you're talking about the, uh, the the drugs and people arguing in favor of them like Giuliani. Remember those, you know, the, there was, there were, you know, meetings in front of Congress about cigarettes and guys standing there looking right at the judge and the prosecutors saying cigarettes don't have any effect on your health. Uh-huh. I mean, where we've come with that, all the wa- lives wasted just through corruption and ignorance. Well, talking about our friend Bob McCowan, who uh, mm-hmm. hopefully is on the mend, at 71 had two strokes. And, you know, mm-hmm. Bob's one of the last guys that I know that continued to smoke like I used to smoke, like a pack of them a day. And as I said to you, it's, mm-hmm. I feel terrible for Bob, but there's at some point there's a, there's a bill to be paid. You can't just smoke. You know, my dad did. My, you know, everyone has that, the, the exception, right? 
Mm. But my dad's small. But who's to say, like, he died at 83, almost 84, and relatively okay health, but he smoked continually for my, the entire time I knew the dude. But everyone, but for most people are going to have a bill to pay of some kind. Lungs, heart, head, sure. strokes, brain, something. Yeah, great point. It's interesting to uh, to note in that time, in the, <laughs> I don't know when we were. I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> in society. We're moving on to the word intrigue now. I like that. Oh, okay. We're intri- right, it's right. intriguing. Intriguing. It was intriguing that, uh, that our society, the pop culture, the amount of advertising and uh, how popular it had become, uh, you know, I don't know, from maybe after the war uh, into just the 50s and 60s of, of you know, the doctors recommending, mm-hmm. uh, you know, smoking or the weather, whatever cigarette they smoked. And it was uh, I've seen I've done research for news anchor roles in the past and Thank seeing you. and seeing news anchors with cigarettes on their desks. Yeah, yeah. Smoking, not just one. They, they, a whole bunch of them were smoking, you know, like just, uh, you know, the flat behind them with the with a special report, blah, blah, blah. And then they're, you know, the cigarette smoke curling up in front of the camera lens. <laughs> it's like, how, how did that seem right? But it was part of the, the you know, this is what we do. This is what cool people do. And, uh, and everybody wanted to do it. No, and we've talked about this before. The Dominion store at the top of my street, there was ashtrays at the end of every aisle. Yeah. People oh, really? shop. <laughs> Some, yeah. Sometimes I, I think my, we should we should call this show. We've talked about this before, but let me talk about it again. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, no, and I you're, a common for doctors to have an ashtray on their desk. Like it just happened. Dan, what you brought up the uh, you know coming out of World War II and in the baby boom, etc. But part of what was rationed to the soldiers in that war mm-hmm. were cigarettes. That was part of what you were given, even if you didn't smoke. You they were you were encouraged to. Like, we're about to send you against the Nazis. You might as well start smoking. I, I know that, though. I would go. If there were. Listen, if, if this weekend I had to go up against the Nazis, I'd probably start smoking again. Well, I guess that their idea was on some level a sedative, right? To just something. Yeah. Use something. To, yeah. Yeah. I'm being attacked by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. I need something to do with my hands. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. But let's just break for a second here, fellas, because, you know, we've got more people that need to be. Uh, serviced and one of them is stretchlab.com if you're looking to improve your sports performance or your posture reduce stress reduce your stress dan reduce muscle and joint pain even if your stress is invisible to the naked eye increase range of motion and flexibility for 59 dollars for a 50 minute uh, session with a stress stretchologist or reflexologist uh, you can get this done. It also includes, by the way, a an assessment. And then you get started at StretchLab.com. StretchLab Toronto, opening up new locations all over the GTA. And now's the time to get on board. You'll, I promise you, you're going to feel different when you come out of this stretching session. Friedrich. And you want to make your employees feel different? Walk in one day and say, we now have a benefits package. Can be done for small business. 
Chambers Plan, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote. Yes, you can provide a package for your employees, and they'll love you for it. Why wouldn't they? Prescriptions and dental and some therapies, a mental health component. They even have an HR uh, department, so to speak, that you can get advice on based on what's going on at your place of work. So, again, from uh, top to bottom, it makes so much sense for small business and affordable. Go to chamberplan.ca today and find out. I just went uh, back to uh, Facebook to check the feed, and I noticed uh, that I almost never go to Facebook. They have these things called Facebook Memories, and on this day seven years ago, uh, I was there's a picture I put up of uh, me packing up my house that I lived in in uh, Oakville, not the matrimonial house, the divorced dad house. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's funny. You want to talk about time going by? I'm a, I'm like a week. No, make that two weeks away from having been in this location for seven years. Seven wow, years. I that move. Yes, in the basement. Dan stuff, supervised. Yeah. Dan was supervisor yeah. on that. Yeah. Move. So. What are you going to do um, in the next year or so when you move to Mexico? I guess you'll sell that. <laughs> yeah, are you probably. Sell that place and just Airbnb it when you yeah, come back to probably. Toronto? Well, you know, or stay with your kids. The you know, Mrs. and I, we'll figure that out. You know, we'll probably spend uh, you know a few months here and then most of the time in Mexico. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Sure, you be very interesting. You know, actually, once I live. You're, are you going to get uh, Mexican citizenship? Once I live in Mexico, I'll be saying, no, I won't be saying interesting. I'll be saying, interesante. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. Very aggressively. If uh, you get dual citizenship, you'll be able to stay there longer than six months, I oh, believe, yeah. too. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I want to stay there in the summertime, though, because talking to Juliet last night, it's stinking hot there, man. Like, it's relentlessly punishing. You got oh, to chase the right weather for you. Yes, exactly. You get a, yeah. you get a trailer here for the summer. Sure. And you moved you moved to Mexico from October to May and then up and have yourself a little trailer here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know what? Of all the of all the funny little parts of this fantasy that you're throwing out, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are real, except for the part where I'd be living in a trailer. <laughs> that part. Um, well, not that so there's anything. Not that there's anything. Well, I, I don't have the wherewithal. All the things you have to do, you have to make sure that somebody comes and pumps out your shit every Tuesday. Oh yeah, that's tough. It's tough, man. I can't do that. You, you put, put your tag, tag in. A, in. You, you put a tag in a box. I can't do it. It's too complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, tomorrow on the program, we will be featuring guests again. Uh, who's tomorrow? Oh, Tony. Tony. Yeah, we got to figure out a time for. For us to play golf with Tony on uh, Wednesday, it'll be Carla Collins returning to this program. Oh, and of course the Sherpa will check in. Check in. Great to hear from her. Always mm-hmm. great to hear from Carla. Super funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, thanks to everybody. Hey, hey, Fred, have you heard anything about uh, Paul Manta yet? I know that we put the call out, uh, you know, to find, no, find Paul no. Manta. Yeah. No. I don't know. You know, they have this thing. It's called Winston Churchill. That was the name of high school. In Winston Churchill in memoriam. And whenever anybody dies that went to the school, they post it. And you scroll through this thing. And um, I didn't see his name on it. So well, that's good. I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's dead. You know what I'll do? I'll start checking on milk cartons just to make sure. <laughs> Fucking where is Paul Manta? His creative work with eyelids. All right. Listen, man, uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, time on this planet, okay? 
Okay. Especially you, stress-free Dan Duran. (laughs) All right. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Architect, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got that Thursday email show with a Palma Pasta prize, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking, subscribing helps us out. So does writing a really excellent review. Go ahead, say something. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, of the three of us, I'm the only one that didn't smoke. So that means I have a bigger brain. And my bigger brain wants you to enjoy every goddamn day. Tables and a microphone, bottles and cans. Just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?